The Putting Away of the Day by Rachel Nevergall. I shut their bedroom door and sigh deeply, pausing, hesitating to move, as I question the whining behind the thin walls. It is the lingering cries of children, insisting they are absolutely and completely not at all tired. I know better. They are indeed tired. I need to ignore the sounds. But they weigh heavy like a cloud, adding to the accumulating precipitation of a long day spent parenting young children and the storm of emotions that comes along with that. Putting distance between me and their needs motivates me to move down the stairs. The remains of the day greet me at the bottom. Perhaps greet me is too kind a phrase. In this moment, the remains more or less taunt me, reflecting the self-portrait of my soul, the one who feels the content of her brain and body have been upturned onto the living room floor like a toddler who just found my purse. Thus begins the nightly ritual, the putting away of the day. As I roam from the bookshelf to the toy box, to the pantry, to the bedroom, depositing items, finding their homes, restoring a picture of order and control, of peace and harmony, my mind wanders. The thinking begins with frustration, at the children, at my home, at myself, for letting it get this chaotic. I move on to reflection, pondering what I can do differently, how I can make tomorrow better. With each step, that knot in my heart begins to unravel. The twisted bunch of anxieties and doubts and negative emotions from the day follow me around the house, straightening itself bit by bit, item by item, breath by breath. It is the yoga class I didn't make it to today. Deep breath in, deep breath out. The savasana of my day. That's my favorite part of yoga, the nap. As the breathing in and out moves me closer to restored order, I start to notice more of my surroundings. I pick up the picture my eldest drew me during her nap, the little stick figures holding hands. It's us, I remember her saying with pride, causing me to immediately forgive her for interrupting my quiet time. I pin it to the clipboard on my desk. I collect the various vehicles strewn about the rug, replaying his sweet toddler voice when he learned to say, go. I take down the pillow fort they created, recalling their silly laughter as they wrestled under blankets, signs they are learning to play with each other the making of a sibling relationship we dreamed up two years ago. Breathing in, breathing out, finding a place for each and every item, a place on the shelf and a place in my heart. There's just one thing left, a small plastic dinosaur, a brontosaurus. I spot it sitting on the edge of the coffee table, next to that book of art and basket of coasters that some style magazine insisted makes the perfect vignette to demonstrate a quirky yet sophisticated vibe in today's modern home. I'm not sure the dinosaur was what they had in mind when they said quirky and sophisticated. But here it lies, confidently, like it belongs, and I leave it there. For while this ritual is about clearing away the remains of the day, it is also about finding the right place for the things in my life. That dinosaur belongs here. It looks good sitting there amongst our things. The children belong here too, and they need an invitation to come back an invitation to breathe in a new day. It wasn't always like this, leaving things on the coffee table or on the bookshelf. Early on in this parenting journey, when it was just the baby, burp claws and teething toys and board books were put away, out of sight. I didn't want them in my space. This used to be a safe place, just for me, 
the grown-up who wanted to clear away the reminders of a day spent doing nothing like the life before baby. But I realized tonight, as I willingly leave that dinosaur next to the book and the coasters, I have made more room for them, my children. As they get bigger and the messes along with them, we continue to practice this ritual of returning the day back to Zen. We make more room for them on our shelf, at our table, in our hearts. Today it's a dinosaur. Tomorrow, maybe a matchbox car or a Lego tower or a tiny fuzzy animal. Whatever it is, I am leaving room, opening up, forgiving faults, inviting play, breathing in, breathing out, restoring order, accepting change. Breathing in, I glance upstairs at the bedroom door. It's quiet. I breathe out and I smile, a dinosaur and the day and tomorrow, ready to breathe in again. Today I have Rachel Nevergall, and she was the writer of this piece that we just shared. And Rachel, I'm really excited to have you here to tell me a little bit about yourself and your family. Can you jump in with some of that? Sure. I am a mother of three. Mm-hmm. I have um, my first Caroline is seven. I have a four and a half year old Elliot and the baby of our family who is not so much a baby anymore, Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 17 months old. And I live with my husband and our three children in Minnesota. That's wonderful. What can you tell me is maybe one special, interesting, or quirky thing about your family? (laughs) Um, What's interesting is we have all been born in different states. Hmm, So I was born in Kansas, my husband in Ohio. We had our first daughter in Illinois, our second in Texas, and our third here in Minnesota. That's awesome. So we are... A family of many origins. <laughs> yes, quite the story. Well, I would love to ask you, since we are in the Peaceful Home series, um, and things that we do to help restore peace to our house or our family, um, what is one thing that you do, don't do, or use to make your life just a little bit easier? Hmm. Well, <laughs> because it's fresh on my mind, yeah, I would say... What I wrote about in this essay is very much um, become a ritual for me of, (laughs) because, uh, and it partially relates to what I don't do, which is I discovered when you are home with your children all day, um, you could choose to clean up after them in every single activity. And that became very exhausting on my heart and soul. And I found that one good swift cleanup at the end of the day was not just efficient. It also, it really just gave me an opportunity to just give thanks for that day. Yeah. That's a lovely practice. And I am impressed that you can do it just one time a day. I think maybe (laughs) with seven children over here, I have to do it after It's either before or after every meal. So we have a three times a day kind of routine most days. And it's... It just has to be reset to order. Otherwise, it's too piled up by the end of the day, and I just can't crawl out of it. (laughs) And I've also recognized, because my husband has different methods. Yeah. So when he's on duty, (laughs) he is definitely a clean up constantly. And I've also learned to recognize that both needs are dependent on that person. And yeah, and that is okay. (laughs) It took me a while to not feel badly about 
myself being okay yeah. with mess and just, just chaos. <laughs> um, sure. And I think that I've also learned to value what other people need too in their days. Yeah, I love that it can be adapted to whatever your particular family or your personality requires. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I would love to ask you a question and I'll give you a minute to think about it. Um, what is one topic you could talk about forever? I would say that um, in my past life, and I call it yeah. a past life, a pre-children life, I was a, um, I worked with a lot of parents and as a developmental therapist. And mm-hmm. I um, thought I knew a lot then about what it was like to encourage parents and play and with their children and helping them grow and develop. And then I became a mother and yes. I, I learned exactly what that means when you actually are a parent um, and not just know the accurate development expected for a child, but also when you have that emotional capacity. And, and so I have made it kind of a point, a, a place of, of desire to encourage new moms um, all the time of finding themselves, of finding patience and grace. I feel like I could talk about that all the time because I've learned mm-hmm. a lot about my own mental health as a parent. And it was something that goes beyond a textbook that I learned in my graduate degree. And, and so I, I believe that that's a space that if you give me a microphone, I will tell you, ex- I will speak good words into your heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would love for you to take a, a couple minutes and just share what you have learned that has been so life-giving to you and maybe any tips that you would pass along to moms who are in that spot of just feeling like this is all new. I feel disoriented. I am not sure who I am anymore after all of these changes that have happened in my life. What would you say to a mom who's in that spot and maybe just feels underwater with the changes that have come with her children? You know, we, we learn a lot about how to develop a child's emotional development, you know, that we mm. need to support all of their emotions and that we know that they go through stages of very large emotions and very confusing emotions and not understanding that. And I think we forget that as a new mother, it's as if we are a new baby as right along with them because mm-hmm. it, it is all very new. And, and that I believe sometimes we forget to use, to, to let our emotions um, take a, a place right along with them. We forget to give ourselves the patience of being angry, of being sad, of being, um, joyful and that though all those things can everything is an and and those can come along with our children and by recognizing that first that through time and very long time um, it takes mm-hmm. that we can have a lot more grace for ourselves but and also for our children so I, I I'd say that 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 would be something that I hope to always encourage new parents of just giving space for all of the feelings at all times and communicate those with your kids. Let them know, let them see you angry and sad and scared and because it is all good and real and it is part of being a human. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's really wise. And I so appreciate your thoughts about making space for our emotional selves to catch up with this new reality of welcoming a baby into our home or a second or third or fourth child. And I just piggyback on that a little bit. One of the things that I try to speak to newer moms, um, because I've been there, is just the room to develop your own perspective and intuition about how you want to handle different challenges and different parenting decisions. I think it's really tricky when you're thrust into the role of, I make now all decisions for this tiny human, (laughs) what they eat, when they eat, where they sleep, what they're wearing, (laughs) all those things. And to allow yourself some time to figure out what your routines are going to be and to know that it's not a a perfectly straight line and nobody expects you know it's not even about other people's expectations really but that you know it's okay to be new at it it's okay for you to try something and for it to not work and you just try something different and or to take advice from one place and realize that doesn't actually work for me so I can set it aside and um, try my own way and develop the intuition to mother the way that you want to mother and so yeah I love that you called it not a straight line because I think that's absolutely true that we can change our mind all the time yes we can (laughs) awesome well Rachel I so appreciate you and I hope that we get to connect more in the future thank you so much Emily Mm -hmm.